This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, November 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. A more powerful Freedom Caucus? Bayer defends EPA on new dicamba rules and better tracking for leafy greens wanted. Ag district races are going down to the wire. Election Day 2018 is now just four days away with control of the Congress hanging in the balance. As many as a dozen races involving significant agricultural districts around the country could go either way on Tuesday. New polling in Iowa puts 1st District Congressman Rod Blum down by seven points despite renewed interest from the National Republicans. Over in Iowa's 4th District, controversial GOP Representative Steve King is up with TV ads for the first time in his campaign. The move reflects the fire he's taking over his controversial remarks about race and immigration. In eastern Kansas 2nd District, Democrat Paul Davis is up by four points. In New York's Hudson Valley, a brand new poll shows House Agriculture Committee member John Fazzo in a dead heat with his GOP challenger. And in another toss-up race, in California's Central Valley, Republican Jeff Denham is leaning heavily on farmers to pull him through. We're told he's held more than a dozen agriculturally related events over the past couple of weeks. Now keep in mind, it is very likely that little meaningful legislation is going to get done in the next two years, regardless of who controls the House. However, by gaining control of committees, Democrats would be empowered to put some heat on President Trump via oversight hearings and investigations. Now note this, Colin Peterson, who would take over as chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, doesn't plan to take part in that partisan confrontation. Maintaining GOP control of the Senate would have a longer-range impact because Republican leader Mitch McConnell could move forward with confirming as many Trump-nominated judges as possible in 2019 and 2020. There's always the possibility of another opening on the Supreme Court. Freedom Caucus set for gains. A big reason Congress is not likely to enact significant legislation is that neither party appears likely to have a large majority. One thing that means is that the House Freedom Caucus, a group of about three dozen of the most conservative Republican members, will account for a larger percentage of a smaller GOP conference. The Freedom Caucus could expand by at least a couple more members next Tuesday, even though several current members, including Rod Blum in Iowa, are in danger of losing their seats. The House Freedom Fund, the group's campaign arm, has endorsed 11 candidates, most of whom are solid favorites for Tuesday. They include Chip Roy, a former top advisor to Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who's running for an Austin-area seat being vacated by Lamar Smith, who isn't a Freedom Caucus member. A few of the districts that Freedom Fund-backed candidates are running in have significant agriculture production, including Idaho's 1st District, where Randy Fulcher is expected to win the seat, being vacated by current HFC member Raul Labrador. Bayer backs EPA in rejecting dicamba cutoff dates. EPA is catching some criticism over its new requirement for application of the weed killer dicamba. State pest control agencies appeal to EPA to set specific cutoff dates for over-the-top applications. But officials with Bayer, which makes Extendamax, one of the three dicamba products being re-registered, said new usage restrictions being set by EPA will make cutoff dates unnecessary. 
Instead of listing cutoff dates, the new dicamba label would prohibit spraying on soybeans 45 days after planting and on cotton 60 days after planting. Iowa State weed scientist Bob Hartzler says that restriction may not be sufficient to prevent off-target movement that could damage non-GMO soybeans or other crops. In 2017, 90% of dicamba misuse complaints to the states were associated with applications made after June 15th, he said, recommending a mid-June cutoff. But Bayer Crop Protection lead Ty Witten told reporters yesterday that setting such dates doesn't make sense, pointing to the situation in Minnesota this year where rains delayed planting, leaving growers who had to comply with state-established June 20 cutoff dates unable to spray. Keep in mind, Bayer officials haven't even seen the actual label language yet, and EPA has not said when it will be released. That means farmers still don't know some key details, such as what EPAs will say about the connection between low pH and the volatility of dicamba, and exactly what the enhanced tank cleanup instructions for the entire system will be. FDA warns leafy green producers. In the wake of an E. coli outbreak in Remain lettuce from Arizona that killed five people and sent 96 to the hospital, the Food and Drug Administration strongly encouraged the leafy greens industry to take steps to improve traceability of products from farm to fork. In a statement following its investigation into the outbreak, FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said the agency is looking at its regulatory options and also is considering appropriate enforcement actions against companies and farms that grow, pack, or process fresh lettuce and leafy greens under insanitary conditions. FDA said the lettuce most likely became contaminated from water in an irrigation canal that contained that deadly strain of E. coli. A large cattle feedlot is near the canal, but FDA said samples collected at the operation showed no E. coli. The Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer advocacy group, said the investigation underscored the need for FDA to implement the new produce safety regulations required by the Food Safety Modernization Act. Land Lakes using Trump changes to expand health plans. Dairy giant Land Lakes says it will be the first organization nationwide to take advantage of regulations issued by the Trump administration to promote creation of association health plans. The Minnesota-based cooperative already provides coverage to producers in Minnesota, and starting next year, will start offering coverage to farmers in Nebraska who are members of the cooperatives that elect to participate. Some organizations have backed off pursuing APHs, saying the rules are still too restrictive. A spokeswoman for Lando Lakes confirmed that it is considering offering plans in other states, but didn't specify which ones. They are not alone, as AgriPulse recently wrote about. China importing more dairy, but not from the U.S. President Trump sent soybean prices soaring yesterday with a tweet that said he had a long and very good conversation with Chinese President Xi Jinping. That raised hopes that Trump and Xi could be making progress in the ongoing trade dispute. A new USDA analysis suggests U.S. dairy producers could benefit from a resolution. China's growing urban population is driving demand for more dairy products, and that's pushing the country to import more than ever as domestic production is actually slowing down, according to USDA. 
China is levying tariffs ranging from 27% to 45% on most U.S. dairy products in retaliation to U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods. Chinese imports of fluid milk, skim milk powder, and whole milk powder are all expected to rise significantly in the 2019 calendar year. New Zealand, the EU, and Australia are expected to gain the most from that rising demand. Well, here's today's He Said It. Mother Nature doesn't work on a calendar. That Bayer Crop Protection lead, Ty Witten, arguing against setting cutoff dates for dicamba applications. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, November 2nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.